Welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Ed Piscor. I'm Jim Rugg. We're going to uh, show you why you can't be sleeping on Giant Size X-Men issue number two. We all know issue one is the big willy, but issue two is no slouch, man. And uh, before we do that, invite you guys to like, follow, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell so that we can notify you when new vids of, are available. And when we talk about comics like this, you're going to want to have first dibs on scooping that comic up on the aftermarket at the cheapest prices because you ain't going to find this easy. Uh, also, if you watch these vids to the very end, you're going to push our videos out to a wider audience. Uh, without further ado, man, got a couple coverless, a uh, couple boxes of coverless comics uh, at the last big Ides sale. It's going through there, man, and out popped for the price of 50 cents. It could have been yours, man. <laughs> a, a coverless Giant Size X-Men issue two that collects about maybe four or five issues of the Neil Adams run of X-Men comics. Uh, you know what's funny is I have uh, this run as coverless books. That's not, not the giant size, but like, you know, the, the original. Yeah. Yeah, these are amazing to look at. Love seeing them on the newsprint too is very fun. Absolutely, man. Like, like you just can't beat it. And if you can't afford those uh, original issues, this is a great substitute. This shows off Neil Adams at his my favorite uh, yeah you know some some of the best like these feel like so in some ways alien to to comics because of the the rendering and they're just cranked up to 10 like you see it on everybody's face like it feels like this is about as emotive as they can get the bodies and hands all twisted up and it just looks on newsprint you know like this feels like i don't know like a comic that you found in a time machine one of the great things when you get the actual original issues is there would sometimes be like a little backup story by you know some jobber du jour and you get to see where comics was at that moment and exactly what Neil Adams brings to the table he's such a big influence and you see people doing photo reference to death and everything models and everything but what they don't get is like the dynamic part like the exactly. part where it's like characters are flying around they're twisted it's odd camera angles it's all the stuff that keeps the layout super interesting and not stiff right yeah because you might get this part yeah you know? that's and, the part and, that you see the legacy yeah but then it's like the kirby idiom with more sensitive anatomy like what what would that look like and what that would look like is, is new adam's work uh these are the issues where you get to see some of his most iconic like weird page layouts yeah. um it makes me think of the conversation we had with uh with jeff darrow when we were looking at bat at the batman stuff when he was there as a fan in comics and was just like couldn't wait to see neil adams on all these various titles you know you get a couple avengers you get a couple x-men you get a couple batman comics a couple green lantern comics and you just covet those things you yeah know, the x-men the x-men just did not look cooler up to this point no it's so dramatic you know every page it feels like there's something amazing and he does like odd shaped panels yeah. which sometimes and we'll see examples of that doesn't always work yeah but i mean this is where comics is yeah even at the moment of this reprint this is where comics is and you know i'm down with trimpy it's all good but this is specific and this is like much different the guys would always talk about like he drew angel with real with wings that look like wings there's your examples of that sort of stuff and you could just tell like hitting some reference for that sphinx face why not this is an iconic image to me and i can't tell you why maybe it shows up on a video game uh intermission screen or something 
Yeah, I wonder if it's lifted from somebody or something. Uh, you know, like people copying Neil Adams, like if it's even a knockoff, because that feels I, like such a classic image. Yeah, yeah, I do think that uh, Byrne uses that in his, like, X-Men Grand Design issue that he did after the death of Phoenix. Here's this is the one, one of those iconic pages. Yeah, the iconic pages that don't work <laughs> as, as a storytelling piece, because this is panel one. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Where do you start with this? Yeah, like you got to get him knocked off the building, so you, you read the bottom left and then you got to go up to the middle follow this and then you, you get that it's so bad because you're reading down right he's falling so you're reading down the page and then you go up yeah <laughs> but it looks cool looks cool, yeah. <laughs> it looks <very> cool. <laughs> and and uh roy thomas ain't gonna say no to new adams absolutely not it does make me wonder like how people responded to this stuff at the time because other comics did not look like this yeah and, you know, we look at it now and say, oh, it looks so cool. But I wonder if there was backlash against it where it was like, give me back Trimpy or, or uh, you know, whatever style was more prevalent. Yeah. And certainly the old timers would poo-poo this, this kind of thing. Probably give props to the, to the drawing acumen, but just shit on the, the storytelling sensibility. Look at some serpent and stuff. You didn't see much of that in comics, just overlaying the line art. Really yeah, cool. Looks really great. I was going to point out like the white zipatone, you know, creating the interlace effect. We're looking at a TV. Let's make it look like that. Yeah. Great use of color. You know, not just doing your standard dry color everything flesh tone. Makes me wonder how much influence he had on that. Yeah. Because you see it like the shadowy flesh color is one of those things I attribute to Neil Adams. Yeah. Like w when you see. When you see these colors. Yeah. And when you see this green. You don't see that in comics that aren't Neil Adams comics. You just don't. Got a new issue. So smart to set up Continuity Studios where, you know, if you're Adams, you could oversee the inking. Yeah. Or you could have colorists on staff that you can say, hey, put in my green color here. I'd, I'd be so curious, like, what his biggest money makers were to make continuity possible. Uh, because he has a spread, you know, like those offices, it wasn't an apartment that they subleased right. from some landlord. Like it's like, I think it's Manhattan. I think it's a big office space. It's cozy and beautiful, like a corporation. I assume he was running commercial illustration jobs consistently while doing comics. And that's yeah. why you would need, a, uh, you know, some other artists there to be like, maybe he does layouts and, you know, this guy's doing backgrounds and stuff like that under his direction. But in order to fulfill that, and then also that's where you're getting your pay. Cartoonist Kayfabe is brought to you by the comics that Ed Piscor and I make. Red Room Trigger Warnings. The second season of Red Room, all self-contained stories, issues one to four, now available in comic shops everywhere. Red Room, the anti-social network, the trade paperback collection of the first season of Red Room, now available in comic shops everywhere. Minus 28 countries where it's banned and 10 comic shops, but you can still request it there. And coming in September, the collection, the trade paperback of Red Room Trigger Warnings will be in stores in September. You can pre-order that now at your local comic shop or online wherever you buy your books. Hulk Grand Design Monster and Hulk Grand Design Madness in comic shops everywhere. The 60-year history of the Incredible Hulk. I am writing, drawing lettering, coloring, the Grand Design treatment, retelling that 60-year history, and you can now pre-order the Hulk Grand Design oversized treasury collection, uh, about 40 extra pages in that. It'll be in stores before Christmas, but you can pre-order it now in your comic shops or in your bookstores, wherever you're, you buy comics. 
And now back to our regular scheduled programming. Looking for a new way to enjoy your favorite comics and manga? Comixology Unlimited has you covered. With Comixology Unlimited, you get an unlimited access to an unrivaled library of over 40,000 digital comics, manga, and graphic novels, featuring content from over 125 publishers and thousands of independent creators from around the world. And if that's not enough, you can also save up to 15% when buying select new and current comics. Try Comixology Unlimited today with a free 30-day trial and then just $5.99 a month afterwards. For details, visit Amazon.com slash Comixology Unlimited. Look at how wild this image right here is. Yeah. That's really great. That's a cool innovation, too, because you think of Kirby as the action guy who sets up the language of superhero comics. That's a whole different punch. Yeah, it is. That makes me think of that story you told, I think it was Larry Hama anecdote after New Adam's Past, where it was like, draw the, the idea in your head. Like, don't draw the thing you know how to draw, but almost like the idea. It feels like that's a that's a guy like drawing a new, how do you throw this punch? Yeah. Yeah, and he's good for that, man. Just drawing all these different angles all the time right. and finding the right reference to make it look right and, and not, not uh, just settling in to and that has to do with like lighting and, sh and, sh and shit like that like lighting it differently not just drawing the same shadow and the same ears the way you do in like an iconic fashion but you know thinking about light source and i always loved his havoc havoc is his it's so distinct his whole thing was uh want to create a character who who is as far from kirby as possible in terms of costume aesthetics and the way the the powers are used and then when you see him like like with this pure black it's almost like the male like miss mystic mm -hmm. kind of that makes sense playing hits yeah but it does feel like a guy who's thoughtful about production coming up with a black costume like that yeah and the circle power you know like the circle template pretty easy <laughs> listen i drew a couple <laughs> havocs in grand design man pretty easy to draw those powers but then you get guys like Larry Stroman who really make that sing. And one of the challenges, man, was like, give me one shot of the back of Havoc's head. <laughs> like, like, I had to Yeah, his draw hat's a real of... funny. That is hard to draw. Yes. That is extremely hard to draw and to, to get it to look right. Yeah, I did a Havoc on an X-Men Legends cover and struggled yeah. to try to get that headpiece right. I would bet you if you look at any original art with with havoc redrawn you see some pencil erasings <laughs> so one of those Starenko era villains he was on my x-men legends cover that's a weird character to mash up with something like a havoc character design yeah. one of the cool parts of like marvel comics and having all these different hands in is having those like different eras and different artists styles come together in the form of the characters some white zips on top of uh, these illustrations to put them into that translucent test tube. Almost, uh, almost uh, like missing this finger, the way that hand is. I feel like that thumb's too close or something. Yeah. And something funny about no body. That. It feels like those educational comics would have panels like that. And of course, you know, Adam's instrumental in, in doing some of those educational type comics. How much of Clark Kent is that right there? Yeah, that's that feels like a Superman reject panel. <laughs> we're, we're we're saving some time on this issue, and that's like the way they all drew Banshee, with no like from from the cover of some of those books, and the f the foreshortening of it really makes it look like 
He has no trunk. It's breast pelvis. Yeah, that one's weird. I love this panel. It feels almost like a pop art painting, you know, with the gigantic E's and the lettering on top of it. Yeah. And then this one of Banshee's back, like, snapped in half. Totally. The lighting on this is pretty sharp, and, and it's one of those instances where you could probably tell he had some setup. It's great lighting, but it is really aided by that blue color, It too. is. Yeah, absolutely. It, it kind of heightens that lighting that he lays down in the, in and, the line work. And across his work, he allows white to be used as a color, which is pretty atypical for, for comics, probably even to this day, to be honest. Yeah, whenever that happens, it's often noted. Yeah. Starting to get into op art. We'll, we'll, see, a, we'll see a couple examples where he has these interesting things going down visually that are aided mechanically. Like, that's not inked. This is a strange tagline, the most unusual fighting team of all time. It, it feels um, like that's a miss. Sure. Sure. Yeah, like when... when it's uh, not very exciting. There's something, there's something wrong in there. X-Men was always just such, such, such a B-lister to right. them. Yeah, it was like one P, they were like one degree off of what, what it would take to, to sell this. Yeah, because like unusual, yeah. that's not amazing. That's a terrible word. Uncanny is good. Right. Yeah, it has hard edges. Unusual just is like uh, you have marbles in your mouth. Or sure. Another one of those uh, analogous color combinations, man, where you have the hot yellow against all these cools, man. Probably every cool color that was available uh, makes me think of that one great Steranko Captain America. Yes. Uh, splat. Well, I, it's kind of a splash page, but it's a bunch of it's a bunch of panels where he uses every color. For in every panel, so like the magenta panel will have every version of magenta, the green will have every green, the blue will have every blue possible in this old mechanical process. Uh, just flexing, yeah. And again, like he's got to be responsible for this color, he, his studio, is yeah. overseeing it, giving notes, something very much. Man, I know Storenko had some precedent where with his contribution and was able to uh diagnose a lot of the color steps and things so. I imagine Neil Adams would have the same latitude. I always like Neil Adams' beast. He yeah. feels a little bit thicker, you know, that, that trunk like a wrestler or a gym, you know, like an acrobat or something, and then the feet. It's a fascinating exercise uh, because he is tasked with taking the shittiest costume designs in X-Men lore, with the exception of this uh, Marvel girl, and trying to make them cool. An angel with suspenders, <laughs> you know, and he makes it the coolest it's ever looked. Right. Like every other uh, version of these characters is just such a miss. With the exception of Storenko, maybe. He does some things. It's like Green Arrow with the guest appearance. It really is, man. And, you know, communicating screen. Does a good job with the Sentinel faces, too, of like that uncanny valley. Yeah. Where they're human but not human. Like, clearly they're not human. And, and the contrast between a Neil Adams person face versus that Sentinel face, giant contrast. More of your op art. Yeah, that right there. What is that and how do you do it, Jimmy? That's bizarre. How do you do it? No idea. Yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to, like, reverse what you see there. And I have no idea. Mm-mm. Really strange. Yeah. <laughs> I find myself staring at it and being, like, weirded out. Yeah, yeah. There are parts where I feel like I could almost figure it out where you have concentric circles that are filled in. Mm -hmm. 
and then you could have straight lines that are filled in and that gets you this but it's this part that i have no idea yeah that's what i was looking at like is he going in then with ink and further doctoring some right of this like, stuff? like you could doctor those blacks but this is the part that's the confusing part because of the taper of these lines yeah. i just don't know you know the, the other piece is like this whole piece looks like it's taped on top because certain of those other lines like some of the vertical lines and things don't carry through there yeah like this these guys yeah you're right very odd yeah super fascinating to look at these shots so intense it's it's that th it's exactly what he was talking about with that larry hama stuff where you might not choose to draw that you might try a couple and they say ah oh, it and then draw it the way you you know, draw something you've done before, some tried and true. But Neil Adam stretches, dude. I feel like it's a uh, it's a far evolution from um, Lou Fine. Lou Fine would do that sort of stuff. Lou Fine's somebody I need to look at more. Yeah. Because the only time I come across him was early in my reading, and I just wasn't able to appreciate what I saw there. That panel's absolutely amazing. It's breathtaking. And yeah. it's, again, it's like that pop art stuff, right? With the giant K sound effect everywhere. Right. Even like the explosive word balloon around him. It just, it's all those little tools that make comics really great. And again, look at how dynamic that panel is. Like that's the piece that we just don't have anymore. Right. It's so rare to see a panel with that kind of energy. It feels like stuff is moving. Totally. That, that's the hardest Toad <laughs> ever looked. Like that's that's a pretty dope kick right there. And just look at the sway. See it, and this is almost like Simon Kirby era Captain America. Right. It's the piece that Neil Adams has, and I don't think we all think about when we think of him. It's that cartoony part, really twisting these bodies beyond uh, what makes sense. But it's comics. That's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. The chaos that he's able to put in a panel and still have the panel read. Pretty good stuff. Good with scale. I mean, all, all the fundamental stuff is there. It helps in a story with Sentinels to, have, to be able to nail that scale part. Absolutely. Uh, some pages are cut out mm -hmm. from, from these issues. Um, there was like one section, I think probably in this issue where uh there's this unaddressed thing where they're in the blackbird jet and uh they're re they're like scanners going off the charts or something and it's like oh it, you know it's detecting the, the 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 biggest mutant we've ever encountered and it's never been addressed in the claremont run or anything uh i i was like reading ahead to try to figure out like did they ever use it like roy thomas definitely like threw something up in the wall uh and then the series got canceled yeah uh went into reprints and this is this is like super illuminating right here man if you enjoyed uh this novel length adventure be sure to pick up the latest issue the all new all different x-men just issue number 95 man so it's completely fresh you yeah know, they're really giving the issues push. in right so uh, it leads me to believe that giant size x-men must have come out maybe it was like thought to be maybe a quarterly or something maybe came out the, like the next year uh or you know a couple months after giant size one yeah it makes me wonder like if they realized what they had you know like they wouldn't have had if it's a couple months they wouldn't have had data on like oh we sold out of that quick right uh, you know and even the you know 95 for some time the comic is uh bi-monthly so they were still dipping their toes in rather than going full ham when 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 is this is late 70s so mid 70s 75 yeah i'm trying to think like 
Neil Adams is a you know getting a push or what what they're thinking or who spearheads that and says oh listen let's do this let's let's bundle up what we've got of these X-Men books and make the most out of them this is the best of what of the X-Men stuff prior I mean I guess you could have done uh, some some Steranko or something but clearly giant size X-Men 1 was a thing I remember uh, Bill Boy Shell talking mm-hmm. about speculating on giant size X-Men 1 and going to cons and buying every copy you could find for four dollars uh, at a booth and and kind of De Beers diamonds uh hoarding those things and doling them out here and there yeah uh, having a long box of those at one point yeah like, man imagine that now oh boy jeez <laughs> isn't that crazy to think uh these uh comic retailers i think the stuff that comes through their their shops and then we have like new dimension down at the waterfront right and it's the only store down there pretty like where you can go to a store at like a strip mall and buy something that will appreciate and value like you're not getting that at bed bath and beyond you know you're not going to get like a ninja blender and it's going to skyrocket in value but that could happen with com- you could find diamonds in the rough at these comic shops it's fascinating yeah it's a strange retail model for sure absolutely man but uh got to put giant size x-men number two on your radar if it isn't already because getting a good heap you know nearly 100 pages of primo neil adams x-men comics uh worth having certainly on the newsprint yeah it's a find good to go jimmy i am k favors like follow subscribe to the youtube channel hit the bell we'll notify you when new vids are available it's out there man hulk grand design treasury collection edition will be out in stores in december you can pre-order that now at your local comic shop um, perfect gift for uh, the upcoming Christmas season. I can't believe I'm saying that in July. But uh, pre-order that now at your local comic shop or online wherever you buy books. Uh, Street Angel, Deadly Squirrel Live, been out of print for several months now, coming back into print in August from Image Comics. You can also pre-order that from your comic shop. They'll have it as soon as copies are available. And uh, join me on patreon.com slash jimrug, where you can see a lot more of my original art and comics. You can download some of my out-of-print zines and mini-comics there as well. Red Room Trigger Warnings, trade paperback, hitting shops in September 2022. Murder on the Dark Web for Fun and Profit is the name of the game. It's collecting four issues of the Trigger Warnings season of Red Room Comics. But if you see those issues in the wild, scoop them up, give them a shot, because each issue is completely self-contained. You can read these comics uh, completely on my Patreon right now. Uh, Three bucks will get you the archive, more than 250 pages worth of comics there. What else do we have out in the wild, Jimmy? Subscribe to the Cartoonist KFAB newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist KFAB t-shirts and merchandise at the links below this video. It's another great way to support the Cartoonist KFAB channel. Given those marching orders, we'll be on our way. Read more comics.